The following episode of Star Wars Action News was recorded live in the Force United booth, a booth shared by a number of fan-collecting websites, including Star Wars Action News, on Sunday, August 26th, 2012, at Star Wars Celebration 6. Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Star Wars Action News' coverage of Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. Hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Join us at SWActionNews.com for all your Star Wars Celebration collecting news. And every week as we help Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello and welcome to another live episode of Star Wars Action News from Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. I'm Arnie. I'm Marjorie. And I'm Chris Gore. So, Chris, what are you doing here? I'm actually, um, funny, thank you for asking, first of all. (laughs) Um, I am here, one, because I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, and I think, like, a lot of people um, experienced the movie, and it was one of those movies that's an epiphany movie. An epiphany movie, to me, is a movie that makes you fall in love with movies, that also changes your life and changes your perspective on things, and Star Wars did that for... For quite a few people, it's, it's, and I think it's one of the last films that really connected so many people. And, and, and from the standpoint of just being a pop culture, it's more than a pop culture phenomenon. It's a lifestyle, as you know. I bought a Yoda robe here, um, but um, I'm also here actually for work. Um, I'm covering uh, Celebration for StarWars.com. They're having me do videos and coverage of the show, and um, I think one of my favorite parts so far is I wore a uh, Slave Leia outfit. Nice. That is kind of going around the man Leia. Yeah, I was um, all up on a man Leia at Celebration 4. I felt him up. Uh, well, if I may just, if you may indulge me for a second, I will show you a photo of myself in a man Leia outfit. I apologize. Do I have to? <laughs> Here we go. Let's get your reaction. Oh, that is awesome. That is so great. Oh, she's feeling you up. I see that. See her hand? Sadly, you're not the least attractive of the three. Uh, oh no! Well, I yes, I think she's. I think she's going for my lightsaber. Yes, I think she is. I think she is. Now we just saw the People versus George Lucas, which featured you. So, tell us. You were talking about how it was an epiphany. Did you see Star Wars in theaters in '77? Yeah, actually, I did. I mean, I was a little kid, and I remember seeing the trailers. The trailers for the original Star Wars, and in fact, the original trilogy trailers are really weird. They didn't really figure out how to do trailers until maybe Return of the Jedi. Um, but they were just bizarre. And I remember seeing the trailers for Star Wars and saying, oh, my God, they have the Wolfman. <laughs> because there's a, a shot of Chewbacca that's featured in the trailer. And I thought, like, well, it has spaceships and aliens and monsters. It has monsters. I was really into monsters as a kid. Um, so much so that um, 
I actually quit Cub Scouts. I was in Cub Scouts for not a very long time because um, there was Monster Week at the movies that they would have. This is, I grew up in Detroit, and they had a thing called the 4 o'clock movie, which also got changed to the 4.30 movie. And they would show, like, Godzilla Week or Monster Week, and I quit Cub Scouts because, yeah, this kind of conflicts with Monster Week. I gotta, I don't care about making a little car or wooden pencil holder. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quit and do that. So then I saw the trailers and I was like, oh this is amazing. Like it only opened Star Wars opened in a very few theaters. I mean you know at the time the way they released movies back then was they would open them in limited theaters and then it's not like today it's like a date. Like a movie opens all on the same day. Star Wars opened in like I think it was like ten theaters and I saw it at the Americana in uh, Detroit, Michigan and I saw it the sat- I think I saw it like the Friday or the Saturday after it opened. So it opened on a Wednesday, and I was there that weekend. I, I, it, ju- it changed my life. I saw it as a kid. No, when did you see Star Wars? Everyone has like their moment they saw the original. Well, I remember seeing Star Wars when I was little. My mom was a big sci-fi nerd, and that's probably why I'm like I am now. Love Godzilla, love Japanese monster movies, love Star Wars. My first real memory is being excited to see Return of the Jedi. And I was just a little girl. I was almost 10. And we were in line at the Fox Theater in Springfield, Illinois, by the toy store. And in a funny, weird coincidence, he was in the same line, not far from me. And we ended up getting married years later. So, I mean, because he's like, yeah, that guy was dressed as Darth Vader. I'm like, yeah, I remember him. And I was terrified. He's like, I was too. And we were both by the toy store. And we didn't know each other. And it's just this weird coincidence. And we live in a town of like 150,000 people. So it's kind of weird that we ended up in the same line, kind of in the same area. And then we end up married. What would have been really funny is if you guys met and you were a slave boy and you said to her, are you an angel? Well, that's that funny. That would have been really funny because they're like around the same age, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I saw A New Hope in 77, but I was too young to remember it. My parents would just take me to movies. My first memory is really seeing Empire in 80 when it came out, just again as an afternoon thing with my parents. But before that, I bought all the toys. I was really into the toys because I remember being at a grocery store and seeing a Greedo figure. And just, I was also, in, I was into Spacemen as a little kid. And I wanted the little green man, the quintessential little green man. And then I started having logo recognition. And I'd buy all the Star Wars figures. And so when Empire came out, my parents were like, he likes this. I'm like, what is this? I didn't know it was a movie. I thought it was toys. Did, did you buy much as a kid? Uh, yes. Um, I was one of the people that bought that early bird kit. Do you remember the early bird kit? Which was, they didn't realize that Star Wars would be such a phenomenon. And I think George Lucas figured that. I mean, he forfeited a bunch of money to hold on to the sequel rights and the merchandising rights. I mean, that's widely known. And they were unprepared. You know, it really takes like 18 months of production for an action figure. You know, you've got the design. It goes overseas. It's, you know, packaged and put together and then shipped into stores. It's, it physically takes a lot of time. So they did not anticipate the popularity, and they sold basically a coupon. So for Christmas start in, in 1977, you would receive a piece of paper saying, mail in this coupon, and in about six months, you'll get your action figures. And they've actually now done a reproduction of that early bird kit, which I purchased. Uh, I don't even think I filled out, because a lot of people are like, I'd like to have the coupon. I don't want to fill it out. I don't want to... You know, so it's really, I mean, yes, I, I did have so many Star Wars toys. And what I love about Star Wars toys is that they're the kind of toys that you'd go to a yard sale, right? Kids 
play with Star Wars toys. They don't, I mean, they're muddy. You, you'd always see them and like they're dirty. Why? Because kids played with them. I, I feel today there's like too much of a, uh, uh, you know, preserving um, your toy and putting it in like some case and bagging it and making it, you know, like, uh, like I, I don't care. Rip it open, play with it, play with your Star Wars toys. I mean, and that's what that's what I think people did. I mean, I certainly did when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure that if they someone did an archaeological excavation of my backyard, there would be all kinds of Star Wars toys, Matchbox toys. But yeah, I mean, we played with them. We played. I remember my brother had the Falcon, and we would play with that. And I remember distinctly playing Star Wars on the playground at school. And we did A New Hope, and I remember Joe Cleverton was Han Solo. And I know that's really odd, and I don't know where he is at this day and time anymore, but it's, I remember that on the Jungle Gym, and we pretended like we were swinging across the Death Star Bridge. And I remember playing with my brother's figures, and we jammed everyone in that where the Falcon opened up, and we'd pretend like it was flying, and we'd mix the G.I. Joe and the He-Man with it, too. It's, it, that's what you did back then. Well, that first of all, that's cool. And secondly, a girl into Star Wars, you know, makes her 50% hotter. So mathematically, <laughs> it's just, you know, mathematically the odds, t t girls are always north of 100%. I mean, it's just, it, there's something about that, having that connection. You know what I mean? There we go. Wow. Showing the tattoo. Oh, I got to take a picture of that tattoo. That is awesome. Wow. We're looking at your R2-D2 ta tattoo. Uh, oh, you should, I mean, tell me about the tattoo. Well, actually, my friend Aaron Shane drew it for me, and it is R2-D2, and it's in a retro vintage pinup style, and it actually means things. There's three flowers for Luke's call sign on Hoth. There's five leaves on each flower for Red 5, and the X-Wings are from the Hildebrandt poster when Star Wars first came out. That is an incredible tattoo. It's like, it's like R2-D2 doing burlesque. <laughs> exactly. Hey, there's nothing wrong with burlesque. Uh, no, I, I love burlesque. I, I appreciate it for the for the artfulness. Exactly, exactly. And, and the fact that it doesn't cost you the extra dollars once you're in. Uh, well, <laughs> depends on where you go. <laughs> in fact, I just went to a party here uh, that uh, was uh, during Star Wars Celebration. It was a... Uh, it was like uh, the Dark Side Grotto. Did you hear about this party? We heard about it last night, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. There were about 50 women there dressed as Slave Leia, myself included. Uh, I was dressed as Slave Leia uh, for fun. I wore it under my clothes, and I thought, well, if it's exciting, I'll change. And I did. What was really cool was they had a lot of exotic dancers doing, like, they had, like, what are the, those girls, the Twi'lek? Uh, the, you know, the, um, yeah, the, those girls that have the, the weird tentacle tentacle yeah. tentacles out of their head. Guys, sorry, they're called Leku. Oh my god, I totally, I blew that. <laughs> I blew that. Twilight, and you're working for no. StarWars.com. No, Twilight is what, the name of one of the girl dancers in Jabba's. No? No, the Twilight is the species. Ula is the girl. Leku are the tentacles. Oh my god. This is why they invented Wikipedia.com, which I highly recommend that site. I need to get my Star Wars facts straight. Um, Anyways, so they had dancers that were dressed up, Star Wars, exotic dancers. It wasn't nude or anything, but it was, um, it was all you needed. And what was really fun was they had created, I don't have one now, but they had these like um, dollar bills that were like imperial dollar bills with Darth Vader's face on it. It had that like arabesque uh, uh, lettering, and uh, I got a couple of those. I got a couple of those. Some people stuffed those in my pants. 
That is awesome. See, we're getting text messages because we went out last night and we're having a few too many beers. Buy one, get one free on Guinness is not a good thing. I just want to say that. And we were getting texts as we were leaving. Hey, there's half-naked people at the Rosen. You need to come on over. We didn't know which people, so that could either be a really good thing or a really bad thing. Also, which half? Uh, yeah, no, it ended up being a very good thing. Trust me. So what have you had time to really experience the con besides just uh, covering it? Um, I actually have. I mean, I've been here doing reports. We did a Star Wars spelling bee at the Wikipedia booth. I did. Uh, we did a report on the cars. I did a whole thing with the slave Leia's where I was dressed as man Leia. Um, I, 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 like, I have a sense of humor about myself. And I also think that, you know, what we've seen is a lot of progress, I think, with women over the last uh, few decades. Um, really, I mean, I'm a father myself. My uh, daughter's a huge fan of Star Wars and fan of just all things genre. And it's just great to see how um, there's, there, there's been progress in so many areas and also in the area of geekdom. Geekdom used to be, I think we remember the dark times, when it was basically, look, it was a boys club. I mean, um, being a fan of anything geeky was a boys' club. In fact, you would spot someone at like a, a comic convention, a girl, and you go like, it'd be like a Bigfoot sighting. It'd be like, oh wait, she's here on purpose. Wait, she's buying comics, and then you'd that at least there'd be an opening to talk to a girl. Um, so you've really seen a huge shift in that arena, uh, which is a good thing. So I, I, I think that actually I kind of want to take a little bit of that back. Hey, if the girls can come here, then I can dress as Man Leia. I think you're kind of right about that. I have often been the only girl in the conventions or, you know, very few girls. And quite often I have to remind the gaggle of guys that are around, hey, um, mixed company, I have boobs, you know, um, you're talking to a girl here. But it is a great place. I will say if I was single, I probably could um, go home with somebody because I've had nothing but come-ons for this entire convention. Uh, I like what you said about I have boobs. I like that, too. I think boobs are pretty great. I like mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but, I mean, you're right about that. It's like it used to be, you know, the cliche was, you know, um, you're geeky at a convention, and then it'd be like the tolerant girlfriend or the tolerant wife rolling the eyes. Oh, he's into Star Wars. No longer. Never again. Okay, I, wa I want to point out, though, we knew each other, and he was kind of hiding his Star Wars fandom from me. Just Literally in a closet. Why did you do that? Although I did have a life-sized haunted carbonite that didn't fit but, in the closet. But, so but Wait, here's what he did to me. He's so funny. When we were kind of hanging out and just dating, you know, and you try and get the girl up to your room and everything, he asked me to come up and see his Han, which was in his bedroom at the time. That's amazing. There's a great come on. I want to show you my Han. Oh, man. Well, that's great. I mean, like, I do think you have to, like, when it, in terms of in being a, a long-term committed relationship, it really does help to have common interests. They say that's, um, those are the relationships that last the longest. It's when you have common interests beyond just sex. And sex, it's good. Sex is good. But, you know, there's a lot of other hours in the day for other activities. If you're connected by other things, then... That's, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out myself to figure out what the next question is going to be after where you get where you're going. I have no idea. We're surrounded by kids. There are children that listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's okay. I think we've... I, I think I can bring this back on course because Comic-Con last year, you had us on this year for Marvelicious Toys. We thank you for that. Comic-Con last year, you did a panel about women and geekdom. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did. Um, I caused a lot of trouble at that panel. I... Yep. 
here's the thing. I kind of respected you for that, and I thought it was kind of funny. And I'm probably... The, there are a few girls who were actually were like, all right, good for him. Okay, well, the funny... The people that thought it was funny, because what I did was basically I showed up to this panel that was about, you know, geek girl power and, and all that. That was the theme of it. And I was the one guy on the panel. Just, I, I don't know. I think I was there for comic relief. I did show up late, unfortunately, because I had a work obligation. When I showed up late, I sort of sat down and I was doing jokes. I mean, I, I, I think I said something like, I got up and I said, I basically said, uh, I, 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 want, I, I just want to say that I speak for all the men in the audience. Uh, when I say that I would like to uh, put my inside every girl, girl up here on stage. So when I said that, I meant it as a joke, and it was taken as a joke, and everyone on stage laughed. Most of the audience laughed, and then there were a few murmurs and like, ooh. And there were some real, the silent majority loved it and thought it was funny. I was just doing sticky stuff. But there were a, uh, a very loud minority that were complaining about it online, and, uh, you know, I caught some flack for that. I actually thought it was hilarious. Um, maybe it's because my mind is in the gutter most of the time. But I thought it was hilarious. And some people take themselves too seriously. And I thought it was great. And you know what? I have been a geek girl for a long time. I was a geek girl before it was cool. You know, I was made fun of for liking Star Wars. And you know what? I've had an Imperial symbol tattoo on my back for just as long as I've known him. And I convinced him to get his tattoos. So. And you get to look at that Imperial symbol, you know, when, uh, yeah. I'm actually thinking of a Jar Jar Tramp stamp. <laughs> I have an Ewok one. I'll show it to you right now. Hold on, let me get my camera. Oh, my God. Hold on. My wife is taking a picture of Chris Gore's and I don't know why or how this Thank show you. went so off the rails. It's a, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, oh, it's a temporary tattoo, but it's an Ewok tattoo. And I think, I think you got some of my coin slot on your picture. I apologize for that. Okay. Uh, you know what, though? I can sell this to TMZ now, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, unfortunately, Harry Coin Slot. Uh, wait, that's going to be my new podcast, Harry Coin Slot. HarryCoinSlot.com. Follow us on Twitter at Harry Coin Slot. It is now taken and available for $10,000. <laughs> right, right. Someone is squatting on Harry Coinslot. I'm you. But you said you are a father of a daughter. How would you feel if your daughter was parading around in a slave Leia outfit and then went up on a panel and some guy came out and said he'd like to stick his <laughs> in her? Well, I mean, first of all, she's got a good sense of humor. Look, I'm her dad. She tolerates me. Um, she, whatever she wants to do, she's not into that. She's actually, um, she's a big fan of H.R. Giger, the illustrator. Um, she likes the uh, original Alien movies. Um, so, I don't know, she's like a geek, but like, I feel like geek sort of represents this whole buffet of stuff. I mean, you can be into so many things, you know. I mean, Star Wars, I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan. Sort of Batman and Star Wars, zombies, that whole thing is like all sort of mixed into, I mean, we all have things that they kind of connect. This is what connects us and binds us, is our love of not just Star Wars, but all things geek. You know what? I got a bad feeling about doing this podcast. I, I don't know what's going on. I knew that it would go off the rails when I sat down. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I influenced you to go bad. I got a bad feeling about this. All right. Bringing it back. George yes, Lucas. why you're a good host. I cannot host a podcast, but I can be a guest on a podcast because then you can rein me back in. So thank you for that. George Lucas was here yesterday. Did you have any interaction or 
I had zero interaction with George Lucas, um, but he was walking around here. I know he stopped by um, a booth with the Belgians. Have you seen the, the Belgians put together these insane uh, set reproductions? They have like a full back to tank with FX7 and uh, 2B1, the medical droid, and like in the interior of the Millennium Falcon, you know, with the uh, hologram, the hollow chest. I forget, I don't know exactly the name for that. Hollow chest. Hollow chest. Where's Wikipedia when we need it? Um, and he came and signed part of that set. He signed one of the cars in the car display, the Star Wars car display. So um, George was here. I did, um, dressed as Manlea, sit on a George Lucas impersonator's lap, which was he was in the middle of all the slave Leia's. I just sat right in his lap. It was really funny because he had the most disgusted look on his face. He was really unhappy, George. But what's funny is we're all wearing Star Wars T-shirts as we sit here doing this podcast, and we're surrounded by a, an audience of enthusiastic they're pretty much just standing there, actually. They're not clapping or doing anything. Yeah. All right. Finally, finally, guys. Thanks. Um, you know, we're we're. I mean, like everyone's wearing T-shirts. Why aren't plaid shirts more popular? One would think that a Star Wars themed plaid shirt. There is one. But it's not Star Wars themed. No, He's just not be, fashionable. It would be so cool if in the plaid, you know, sort of thread and the sort of if you looked really close, it was a bunch of crossed lightsabers. Why not? Folks, every time I though I think of some weird Star Wars merchandise that should exist, it ends up existing in a very short time. I saw someone that had a, it was a stroller with speeder bikes made of speeder bikes. Uh, another guy made an R2-D2 stroller out of, it was part of that R2 uh, Builders uh, Club. Um, it was, it's amazing. It's like the fans have come up with merch ideas that don't exist and they just made them themselves. Well, what, you know, you mentioned the plaid. Actually, Kotobukiya, which is a company down there, uh, Japanese, they have a lot of American stuff, but they have uh, some Japanese ex uh, stuff that they don't have the license to sell here. They have a nice set of ties, and they look just like your standard, you know, paisley ties or whatever. There's one that has, it looks like Starburst, you get close up, and it is the cross lightsabers that they have over there. They have just the stripes, but you get in real close, the stripes are made of imperial symbols and that kind of thing. Well, I got to show you something that, that I made that I'm pretty proud of. It's a, um, it's, I took a 12-inch Han Solo Frozen in Carbonite, mm -hmm. which uh, you see here. So I had two of them. I took a Dremel, and I cut Han Solo out of it. I cut the little hands out, and it took a life cast that was made of my face, face when I was like 20 years old, and I put it inside the Han and Carbonite. That is and I sculpted the hands in. It looks like a little baby. It's like a little. It's like my face in carbonite. Is that the strangest thing you've ever seen? It kind of looks like a fetus. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, I, I definitely get a 2001 end of 2001 vibe off that pic. Yes, it is a little bizarre, folks. My, uh, it's my face in, in carbonite <laughs> made from a hot. But I do love that. It's like I think Star Wars, and this is what George Lucas. I know that um, he encourages creativity among fans. It's it's weird. Like a fan will start something, some sort of cool, uh, you know, creative thing that they've come up with. And then it's, he'll look at that and go, oh, cool, like we should start making that. And then he'll get the company involved. They're not litigious like Disney. Um, other companies were, are litigious. George encourages it. And basically, because look, if you make something that's Star Wars, he pretty much owns it. I mean, legally, he could go after you. But why waste that energy? Why create that negativity? What's great about Lucasfilm is they embrace it and say, well, let's just do it officially. You can say now it's official Lucasfilm. Kick us back a few bucks and uh, we'll help you promote it. So he really has the right idea. I mean, I think that Lucasfilm has to be perhaps the most fan-friendly organization. I mean, is the most fan-friendly. I can't think of anything comparable. Can you? 
trying to think about them. You know, in certain ways, I agree with you and think that no. But in other ways, you got to think like you look at the 501st, a fan organization that rose up. But think about all Lucasfilm gets out of that. Think about that parade where, well, if it wasn't for this 501st that they silently endorsed and allowed to rise up, where would all those parade people in costumes have come from? They would have had to make it. So it definitely is a two-way street where they find ways to benefit and keep the thing going, like this celebration. I mean, in certain ways, it's giving back. George came. This is his third celebration. He didn't have to come here again. It was unannounced. It was not officially done. It wasn't done to sell tickets. He didn't have to show up. He showed up anyway, and that's a really nice thing. And thinking about other fandoms, I, I think because Star Trek didn't do that, that's part of the reason why Star Trek isn't quite around as much anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are Star Trek conventions. There was one recently in Las Vegas uh, where they got together the captains, um, and that's a great documentary. Actually, I don't know if you've seen that documentary, the captains. Netflix Q, but no. Netflix Q, you will enjoy it. I mean, you will. I mean, it's. I mean, there are Star Wars and Star Trek fans. If I have to pick one, I'm a Star Wars fan all the way because Star Trek to me can get a little convoluted. Like they're making up science to make it seem like. It's it's accurate, uh, and it's 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 gobbledygook, you know. Um, at some point, what I love about Star Wars is just all about the creativity and the adventure and whatnot. One of the coolest things that I saw here was a live reading of a thing called Smuggler's Gambit. That was Kyle Newman. Kyle, Kyle Newman, who directed Fanboys, um, created a radio play in the style of the old Star Wars radio plays. You know, those ones they did Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, and those things were like six, nine hours long. I mean, it was like all the sort of in between, and it's basically their long drawn out version of uh, of the Star Wars stories at that point and he recreated it with sound effects I felt like I watched it you know I like actually saw that episode and it takes place Smuggler Gambit Smuggler's Gambit which I think the video is actually on StarWars.com you can actually check out Smuggler's Gambit it's what it's what happens in the days after the uh, Death Star blew up and they know they need to relocate, so it's Han Solo with a group of rebels looking for a new base. But he's not quite committed to the rebels yet. It's like, I'm stuck. Like, basically, I'm a wanted man from the Empire because of what I did. So I can't show my face anywhere. I'm kind of forced to work with the rebels now. So he's looking for a new base for uh, the rebels to relocate. It's, it's, it's really good. Luke is in it. There's a little appearance by Boba Fett. And the voice acting is amazing. The guy who did Han Solo, incredible. you got to check that out on StarWars.com. Absolutely, and I, I think they used a lot of the Clone Wars voice actors for that, and I think James Arnold Taylor, who does so many voices, I don't know, he actually did Ron Howard in Arrested Development when Ron Howard wasn't available and things like that, and he was, he's really good at that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it was, it was amazing, but that's what's cool about coming to something like Celebration. I've come to all of the celebrations. I was at one, two, three, four. I didn't get to five, unfortunately. I didn't get to the last one here in Orlando, but I was at, uh, and I'm just happy to be here at this one, but I was at the first one in Denver. Denver. Did you go to that? No, that's the one we missed. I was about to ask, what was that one like for you? Well, it was the beginning, so to speak. It was uh, Star Wars Celebration 1, the beginning. I picture it like Woodstock. I hear about mud. I hear about rains. I, I just I, I see documentaries of Woodstock. That's what I picture with Star Wars fans. Oh, it's very close to that. I like to say that the uh, environment, the whole like uh, Denver, the Colorado area was, was cosplaying as Dagobah. <laughs> because it was it was so rainy and muddy, but I remember and they uh, had it all take place in these sort of uh, aircraft or, or air, air. There was like hangers, there were these hangers for aircraft, and they sort of 
you know, turn them into these presentation areas. It was muddy. It was miserable. But people were so into it. It was so much this presence and fun and just like enthusiasm and episode one had not yet opened we were seeing trailers and more footage they showed the tone poem trailers i don't know if you remember the tone poem trailers i love those i thought there was those are amazing and um i loved all the marketing for the star wars prequels i won't say that i loved every moment of the prequels i've talked about that at length but the marketing for those films is incredible. I mean, it just like, uh, you know, you got you pumped. Even when you thought, well, Star Wars Episode One was not so great, but Episode Two, have you seen the trailers? Um, so uh, what was cool was Anthony Daniels was walking around just like saying, oh, he was out walking around in the rain, thanking people for coming to celebration, you know, just cheering people up, posing for photographs in the rain. He was a trooper. Well, I think the music is playing us off, Chris, but I want to thank you for taking some time out of your con to crash this podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm glad I finally got to meet you. Great to meet you. And just thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, if you like what I do, you can follow me at that Chris Core, ChrisCore.com, or you can uh, listen to my podcast, PodCrash. Follow that one at, at PodCrash Show, or you can go to PodCrash.net. And just thank you so much. I mean, I'm a big fan. If you ever want me back on the show, I'd love to do it. I love what you're doing with the podcast, and I love... I feel like we played with our toys the same. I, I mean, you make the noises. You, t- t- the sh- I mean, like having that X-Wing and TIE Fighter when you were a kid. How many times did you play that, play with that and make the... I mean, come I remember on. having the big wheel, and I take the R2-D2 and put it on the back, so it was like at the back of my X-Wing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of inspired, especially if you see those Star Wars cars. Those guys did kind of a, a big version of the big wheel. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's um, just to come here, I feel like when I come to things like this, whether it's Comic-Con or Phoenix Comic-Con or, or all that, it's like it's like I found my tribe. You know, these are my people. These are the people that I love to hang out with, and which is why I'm losing my voice now on the fourth day of Celebration. And I'll be back for Celebration 7, wherever it is. I hope you will, you will be, too. We will, and hopefully we can have you back on the show. And hopefully before then, we'll talk talk again so thank you chris have a good remainder of your con great thank you too thanks again thank you for listening were you at celebration six let us know what you thought send an iphone voice memo or an mp3 to show at swactionnews.com or leave a voicemail at 415-508-JEDI even if you didn't go so much news coming out of there news from delray about upcoming books news from hasbro about reduced size ships News from Lucasfilm about 3D movies and Celebration Europe 2. So let us know with a voicemail, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web.
You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. Wait a sec, what's your podcast rated? Whatever you want it to be, I, I can bleep a certain word. You can, you can add the explicit rating.